Get ready to listen, learn, and earn CE hours. This podcast features content from an accredited CE activity provided by Calibri Healthcare. Visit EliteLearning.com slash podcasts for accreditation and disclosure statements and instructions on how you may be able to earn CE credits. Just our jobs alone are one of, of giving and that there's a collective suffering with humanity right now in terms of trauma, you know, really receiving um, secondary trauma from our patients and still trying to balance it all um, with our family and personal lives. Hello, everyone. My name is Leanna McGuire, and I will be your host for this Elite Learning Podcast series, Boundaries and Burnout, Strategies for Nurses to Maintain Self, a course originally published by Elite Learning in video format. Throughout the two episodes provided in this course, we will hear from Trish Hart. She is a highly skilled stress management educator and facilitator of mind-body workshops, lectures, training retreats, and events on a wide range of wellness and mental health topics. She inspires individuals to thrive in both physical and emotional performance. As you heard in the introduction, there is a lot going on in our personal and professional lives, and finding balance is a challenge. Let's listen now as Trish provides more on this topic. My name is Trish Hart, and I am from the healthcare world from the age of 15 years old. Um, I've been working in healthcare, beginning as a candy striper all the way through uh, the patient care side, um, landing from finance into mind-body medicine. Um, I have a lot of uh, education in this field, including some work with uh, Duke Integrative Medicine with mindfulness and do quite a bit of lecturing on these topics that really manage stress using the tools of mind-body medicine and um, also have an MBA from Boston University and just really enjoy uh, being here on the patient care side and all that we can do for ourselves uh, working with anxiety, depression, trauma, addiction, grief, and burnout being kind of the resulting factor for many of these things. Let's get started. The goal is to discover the power of um, the relaxation response that each of us have and find uh, different tools for understanding how all of the um, the facets that are within us can really help alleviate uh, burnout. And we catch ourselves knowing that when we're starting to head down that um, pathway, that we have some tools. Today, the objectives of this workshop um, are the following. Describing the contributors and risks of burnout, analyzing the impact of stress and burnout on our physical and emotional state, and adopting strategies for setting boundaries in our professional and our personal lives. And this becomes even more important, especially with nurses. Um, you know that we work with so much compassion for others, and most, you know, often we find ourselves um, at a loss of compassion for ourselves. And that, you know, we've been through quite a journey over this past 15 to 16 month uh, period with, you know, working with COVID, but on top of that, just our jobs alone are one of, of giving and that there's a collective suffering with humanity right now in terms of trauma, you know, really receiving um, secondary trauma from our patients and still trying to balance it all um, with our family and personal lives. So knowing that, you know, these objectives are great ones because 
it's even more important right now um, to our nursing profession because there are 4 million nurses in the United States as of right now. And one third of those nurses, according to JAMA, um, they cite burnout as a reason for leaving the profession. And at this moment is when we need nurses and nurse leaders to be even stronger. A staggering statistic. Four million nurses with a third leaving the profession due to burnout. Let's pause for a moment to reflect on that. Having a state of balance and well-being, uh, the ability to care for others starts with the ability to care for ourselves. So really being mindful about um, how, how widespread burnout is. And a little bit deeper in terms of that agenda, going in and taking a peek at what are the causes of burnout and what are the dangers once nurses become burnt out. There are some structural um, stages to burnout where we identify the symptoms and there's a whole amazing neurophysiology of how stress and burnout uh, wreak havoc in our brains and our nervous systems. So from there, we're going to branch forward into uh, discovering some healthy habits for recovery and how to prevent burnout and some valuable takeaways as well. So we have lots on the docket today. And as I mentioned, you know, burnout is a real phenomenon. And according to the World Health Organization, burnout is an occupational phenomenon. And it's not just for nursing. Um, there are many different causes of burnout and growing demand, how you know, we're really working with um, an increase in prevalence of disease. And the um, U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics project that employment for nurses, registered nurses, will grow 12% between 2018 and 2028. So knowing that there's growing pains associated with this, understaffed hospitals, overworked nurses, and burnout. In addition to that, the shifts, the shifts are long, and there was just so much ambiguity of exactly what a shift would be. So knowing that burnout is two and a half times more common in nurses that work 10 to 13 hour shifts versus eight to nine shifts. Another cause of burnout is the obvious lack of sleep. And, you know, Overall, in the industry, there is a chronic lack of sleep. And it's particularly um, noted with nurses that work long hours and consecutive shifts. And in a study um, conducted by Cronus Inc., 25% nurses reported that they were unable to get enough sleep between their shifts. So all of these things wreak havoc in terms of work quality. But it's the environment of what it is. It is what it is. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, big decisions, uh, life and death decisions, uh, working with time constraints, lots of anxiety, calming others, a lot of giving here. So the high stress of the profession alone has its challenges, but some specialties within it naturally are even more stressful, including working in the ER or in ICU or oncology nurses where you know, you're working so much with anticipatory um, grief in patients, supporting families, and not always knowing, you know, obviously what the outcomes for these patients are. Now, in addition to that, another factor causing nurse burnout is the emotional strain from patient care that's, you know, related to this. And knowing that we're, 
nurses are in this profession for a reason. You're here to give. Um, you're here to take care of people and make connections. And you gain satisfaction when, they, um, when you help them feel better. So, but if you work in critical or end of life care, those emotional letdowns of dealing with lower recovery rates and higher mortality can lead to compassion fatigue, a secondary trauma. So we also, as nurses, it, you know, affect, also receive trauma from that aspect. So making sure that, you know, the risk of burnout is decreased as we move through uh, these channels of giving care. But no more than anything, what's important too is that we have support. So a cause of nursing burnout is a lack of support, whether it's through um, physicians or support team or administration, that if we don't have that support to do our jobs well in terms of regulating um, you know, our sleep schedules, the length of our shifts, and also our patient care ratios, we, we put ourselves more at risk for burnout. So there are a lot of implications, kind of like a ripple effect of nursing burnout. The first one is high turnover, you know, given a shortage of nurses right now. And in a study by the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health, researchers found that there's a correlation between higher rates of burnout syndrome and nurses' um, intention to leave. So this high increased turnout then puts more stress on an already overworked environment. So that's critical that we note that there is a true implication on burnout and um, for turnout, turnover and shortage given we're working with, um, you know, we need even more nurses at this particular point. Now, lower quality of care Patient care is another dangerous risk associated with burnout. And as the quality of care um, decreases, you know, mistakes are made due to exhaustion, and that can lead to patient discomfort, infection, and in some instances, even death. One study found that patients of nurses experiencing burnout had an increased incidence of urinary tract infections and surgical site infections. Mm -hmm. Nurses are leaving the profession, as Trish mentioned earlier. Now we're also hearing about the impact of burnout on patient outcomes. Increased mortality is another major danger of nursing burnout. In a study by Marshall University, the nurse-to-patient ratios greater than 1 to 4 were not only correlated with higher percentages of burnout, but for each patient added to the ratio, there was a 7% increase in mortality, a 7% increase in mortality just by shifting that patient care ratio. So how do we stay strong um, away from you know, prov providing a bubble, insulating ourselves from burnout? You know, boundaries, boundaries that could not be any more important because boundaries honor and respect our own needs and the needs of those around us. Now, burnout um, is defined as a psychological syndrome emerging as a prolonged response to chronic interpersonal stressors on the job. Now, we know that burnout is real, and it's actually a costly industry. 
there was an estimate um, from 2018 that the physical and psychological problems of burned out employees cost between I'm sorry, $125 billion to $190 billion a year in healthcare spending. So boundaries um, can provide really strong lines to help um, prevent and alleviate burnout. And we've all been there. We all have that boss that might pop in, you know, when we least expect it, um, you know, on vacation, we answer the phone, um, we say yes to extra shifts and extra hours. And the only one that suffers is us to begin with. But then we see that there is a ripple effect in terms of the quality of care that we are providing to our patients. So just this year alone, you know, it's been overall in all industries such a shift um, in terms of, you know, how many hours we're working, how much sitting we're doing, uh, working with the technology of Zoom for those that are administration, especially knowing that working differently has certainly happened. But in addition to that, um, you know, the boundaries have become blurred in terms of home life and work life. Many of us find ourselves at home taking care of, uh, you know, our children who are who are home during the COVID the pandemic phase, um, older adults, etc. You know, parents, things like that, being sandwiched, and know that. You know, we always have stress in our world, but stress is a leading cause of 80 to 90% of visits to primary care physicians. So just the shift with COVID on top of an already strained um, industry profession uh, has really, really affected causing that one-third um, one percentage of overall nurses uh, stating that they felt burnt out. So know that you know, burnout is something that we can feel and something that we can tangibly see in terms of our physical bodies. According to WebMD, the average person gained eight pounds over the past 16 months in spite of the surge of on-demand exercise content. So stress management really became an issue. Self-care, even though the content was out there, people didn't use it. So if you think about burnout, you know, it's a reduction. It's a reduction of fuel or substance to nothing. So if you think about a candle, we start so bright. And, um, you know, if we were together, I would light a candle and say, this is what we look like pre-burnout. But over time, that um, light becomes less and less bright. And, you know, that we truly do wither away so that we're not as effective. And that is the phenomenon that happens when we give and give and give and our inner resources are depleted, that there's no spark to light again, to start up again. So when family life then collides with work life, it's a persistent energy burn and that the path to refilling our supply, you know, to resilience isn't always clear. Many nurses were definitely impacted by the pandemic. Now that we might be on the other side of COVID, we're finding that many are suffering from its lingering effects, including post-traumatic stress disorder. Trish will now speak to the potential for addressing this outcome through the act of setting boundaries. So as we start to think about how do we do this? How do we... Uh, create strong boundaries. 
Well, know that, you know, if we were in a room together, I'd ask how many of you have a fence in your yard because fences can be fantastic physical boundaries about what's important to us, you know, what's in our yard in, in you know, olden times, uh, historical times, fences kept livestock in and they marked property. And if they weren't in place, can you just imagine? So the far right, you know, depicts what happens if things aren't in place. You know, all chaos breaks loose. So they also allow us privacy and that's meaningful and important. And that's really what burnout does. What is meaningful, I'm sorry, burnout fences do. What's meaningful and important to us stays in and what we don't want to have enter into our, our world stays out. It's something that's apparent in nature. We see it with cell membranes. We see it with um, crustaceans, nautilus shells, uh, that there's some firm boundaries about the environment and its implications on the, the inside um, organism. But, you know, in addition to this, that, you know, the, the boundaries are really determined when we are very young. It's something that's passed down through our parents and that some of us have these really loose fences or no fences or very strong fences. So if you think about your personality, that kind of says a lot about how you um, keep your boundaries from letting everything collide. So there's three personalities and basically, you know, someone that doesn't have a door, a gate on their fence or very short, um, a very short fence has what's known as a passive personality, a people pleaser, a welcome mat. And more likely, those are the people that are to be burnt out. They're always saying yes and that the worlds collide quite often between personal and work life. On the other hand, there's someone that's um, opening the gate and coming in and asking people to go beyond their boundaries, asking people to stay later, um, maybe uh, you know, extending a, a shift or again about working with a patient care ratio. Those are the people that are aggressive. So they're the ones that are asking for those extra pushing the boundaries. But what we're trying to do is to find what is known as the assertive personality that we have, you know, what is meaningful and important to us stays in, that we stand up for ourselves, and that we have these boundaries in place that um, protect us and protect our energy. And that's really what it comes down to is our energy. We only have so much to give and we want to give it in a meaningful way. So as we start to move forward, understanding, you know, when we have too much stress, we have an energy leak and that energy leak leads us down the pathway to burnout. So this is a great depiction that uh, can really sum up how we work with stress. And stress is that very first piece. So in this bell curve, you know, the axes are the um, performance and stress level. So it's showing us that on the far left side of this bell curve is when we don't have any stress. That we have um, basically, we don't have a purpose. We're purposeless, that we are an active board, but as the stress starts to increase, our performance starts to increase till we get to the very center, which is known as peak performance. Everything is in balance. We're able to manage our stress. We have some meaningful work. We're feeling great. 
Our body is also reflective of this peak performance and all the systems of our body are what's in known as homeostasis. But what happens is as stress increases, we start to slide down that far right side. And what it's showing us is that, you know, overall, the more the stress increases, the less we are able to deal with the stress, re-regulate, so that we move into chronic stress. And in this area of chronic stress is when we're overloaded, we start to become fatigued and exhausted. We might notice a breakdown in our mental health where anxiety and panic and anger begin to step in. And the end result is burnout and breakdown. So this particular depiction was discovered back in ninth or developed back in 1908. So this has really been studied for quite some time. And it's really interesting that, you know, everybody goes through a balancing act between stress, you know, and relaxation, freedom, um, where we give our energy. Even uh, Ariana Huffington, who is a very successful journalist and author and entrepreneur, she noticed that, you know, during the peak of her business at running the Huffington Post, when she was had so much work and put in very long hours that she kept pushing and pushing and pushing and eventually her energy got so low that she physically um, passed out with exhaustion and that was the ultimate burnout a wake-up call for her that it was time for her to reevaluate her life and rekindle her flame and we've all been there at different instances where we feel just like her um, I can certainly say I did when I was in business school, um, giving, 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 also managing. Um, I had a chronically ill parent um, and a job um, as well, just managing many pieces. And I felt like her at times, for sure. So with nursing, just even thinking about this past year, I'm sure you felt this way. Even in, um, in spite of COVID, the family obligations, all of it contributed to kind of falling down that right side of this bell curve. We just heard Trish reflect on Ariana Huffington's journey and relate it to her own. Take a moment to reflect on your past year or two. Where do you feel you would currently fall on the bell curve of burnout? But what's interesting is what it does to us physically. The neurophysiological responses of burnout, very similar to a fire, similar to um, a trauma. So the brains of people who are chronically burnt out show similar damage as people who have experienced trauma. And the burnout reduces the connectivity between different parts of your brain, which then can re result in decreased creativity, decreased working memory, and decreased problem solving. So it's really um, related to two areas of the brain. So know that the body runs hot during burnout it runs hot with inflammation and that the place in the brain that handles a stress response known as the amygdala flares up when we are underneath stress and trauma and it controls our emotional reactions it's known as the reacting part of the brain it can cause moodiness it can also cause you to have a stronger stress response when startled now, burnout also affects a different part of your brain known as the prefrontal cortex. It's the part of the brain that's responsible for cognitive functioning. It actually begins to thin. 
the thinking part of the brain. And this naturally happens as we age, but in people who are underneath prolonged stress for prolonged periods of time, it becomes um, more rapidly, it diminishes. So those parts of the brain that control our memory and attention spans are weakened. And this makes it difficult for us to learn. So the brains of people who are chronically burnt out do show those same exact um, same exact damage as those people who have experienced trauma. And this really reduces the connectivity between those different parts of the brain and that we are not totally dialed into our environment. We are reacting. So think about even just to mention compassion fatigue versus you know burnout. It's all a secondary trauma that we are experiencing trauma of the brain and that we are obviously um, affecting our stress response and how, how we um, react to the stress around us. When we are working with that amygdala, we are in a state of what's known as fight or flight. And when we are working within that prefrontal cortex realm, we are in a state which is known as um, the parasympathetic mode or rest and digest, the relaxation response. And this is part of the work that Dr. Herbert Benson did at um, Massachusetts General Hospital. And he was a cardiologist and he studied stress and this effect on the brain and the nervous system and how much we have in control um, with our thoughts, with our actions and our self-care of where we wanna send those signals into the brain. So with some of the, the suggestions, um, you know, what we do is we actually rewire the brain we shrink down the amygdala and we expand the prefrontal cortex. And that is known as neuroplasticity. It's really important. So neuroplasticity can be attained through mind-body practices, um, getting out in nature, walking, doing something else besides your, your, um, your job, even learning a new hobby, but we'll talk about those things soon. So burnout, it's a real thing. And again, we're just thinking about burnout like a candle, that at the very beginning, we are shining bright, we are lit. And over time, you know, there are stages as we move through, that we move through, um, through burnout. And they're not linear. The stages are not linear, that we might start to move between them, we might skip stages. And this particular framework was developed by um, Herbert Freudenberger, and he is, or is a New York psychoanalyst. So in the 70s, he, he created this model. And he noticed the reason why is that his own job, which was just at one point so rewarding, had he come to find that he felt fatigued and frustrated. And he noticed that many of the physicians around him over time also turned into, you know, depressive cynics, they may not have had um, a warm relationship with their patients the way they used to. They became cold and dismissive. So Freudenberger took these examples of healthcare and found similar cases in other professions. Afflicted people suffered mood fluctuations, disturbed sleep, difficulty concentrating, and also some physical ailments as well, including backaches and digestive disorders. So Freudenberger defined burnout as a state of mental and physical exhaustion caused by one's professional life. Trish has shared a lot of information about how our brains are wired and rewired. 
In this episode, we heard in depth the ways in which nurses have been impacted by the pandemic. We also learned that statistically, one third of nurses are considering leaving their current jobs due to burnout. In episode two, Trish will offer some solutions to this burnout dilemma. This is Leanna McGuire for Elite Learning by Calibri Healthcare. This podcast featured content from an accredited CE activity provided by Calibri Healthcare. Visit EliteLearning.com slash podcasts for accreditation and disclosure statements and instructions on how you may be able to earn CE credits. Take your learning to the next level by subscribing to more podcasts on compelling healthcare topics.